Romans 14. Now, when you are invited to go move items for somebody, <laughs> you know, go help a friend move, go move a piano, some furniture, and when they offer you a liability form <laughs> to move their stuff, you know you got yourself into way too much. <laughs> way too much. And that's, that's kind of scary. What is a liability form? Basically, we sign those things so that people realize, um, let's say I'm moving your piano and I drop it on my foot and break it. That's a good question. Break my foot. And you guys don't obviously don't want me to sue you for like, I don't know, the stairs weren't built right or the piano didn't have the right grips. Well, you have me sign this liability form so that I don't, can't get you in trouble. Basically, I sign my life with saying, I'm responsible for whatever happens to my body while I move your piano. So you have me sign that liability form. Well, especially if I ever took any of you guys skydiving, I will make sure you guys are all signing your own life away and I'm not responsible for Adam. Adam, hi, how are you doing? I'm not responsible for Adam jumping out of the airplane without a parachute. That's his fault. He's liable. You didn't get me one. <laughs> I missed using you as an example. That was so nice to use you. I know. Sorry. You're so lovable. Uh, liability. But guys, when it comes to the Christian walk, there is no such thing as liability forms. We are all liable for our own actions. We can't just sign them off and say, oh, well, whatever happens is whatever happens. Now, last week we looked at the liberty... And now we might think the liberty that we have in choosing between gray areas that the Bible's not certain on. And we think, okay, I've got liberty to do whatever the Lord's telling me to do. Great. I'm going to do whatever I want. But then we have to now look at the second aspect. And that's we have a liability to our liberty. If you don't know what liability means, it basically means responsibility. We are responsible for our liberty and how it affects the people around us. So that's essentially what it's going to tell us this evening. Lord, we pray that you would give your word its fullest power. Lord, that you would hold it in your hands as a hammer and a chisel. And that you would just shape away at our hearts. Hammer away, Lord. Form us and mold us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So in review, last week we started Romans 14, where Paul is warning us against judging each other. Why? Well, because in the church, there are two groups of Christians. There is the weak in faith, and there is the strong in faith. What's the weak in faith? Well, the weak in faith have very strong standards, while the strong in faith have very weak standards. What do you mean, Brandon? Well, we all know that the Bible is very black and white on certain issues. Sex is made for marriage and marriage alone. That's a black and white issue. However, there are grayer issues such as are Christians allowed to date as teenagers? Well, some say that that's ridiculous and they'll go preaching it that to the point that they're going to make you feel like a sinner if you've ever held a girl's hand before. <laughs> While on the other side of the pulpit, some will just give you so much liberty and they say, oh yeah, whatever. I mean, as long as you're not sleeping together, there's these grayer... Well, there's probably... A little stricter than that, but there's pro there are these gray just a second there are these gray areas 
And you, we all have these different standards. Now, the weak Christian, if someone has these... Stri- I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. The weak in faith has severe standards. Very severe, according to Paul. And the strong in faith has looser standards. That doesn't mean that if you have very strong standards that you're a very weak Christian. All it's saying is that you recognize your own weaknesses, so you need stronger standards to protect yourself. Yes, sir? Exactly. What? Well, yeah. Right, and that's why it's a gray area because it doesn't say it's sin. It doesn't also condone it. So you know we have this debate, and different convictions within all of us say different things. Now Paul said, with that said. Some of us are going to look at someone that's dating and think, oh my gosh, they are just like so unspiritual. I can't possibly. And we looked at that example of Charles Spurgeon, famous 18th century preacher, and his best bud, Joseph Parker. Spurgeon smoked cigars. And Parker couldn't believe that. Whoa. Dude, your Christian, um, by the Bible, never says that Christian can't smoke cigars. But some people feel that's completely immoral. So he's like, whoa, Spurgeon, you smoke cigars? And then Spurgeon looked at Joseph Parker and said... I can't believe you go to the theater where they cuss and stuff. And so both were at odds with one another. But the way they handled it was by judging each other. Oh, you're unspiritual. So are you. So they parted ways. How should they have handled that? Well, agree? Thank you. (laughs) To disagree. Man, that's like all the notes I had. (laughs) You got it. Agree to disagree. Um, And we do that by realizing... You don't belong to me. I don't belong to you. Instead, we all belong to Jesus. And Jesus owns us all in a special way. We are all his patients. He's the doctor. We're all his servants. He's the master. We are all his respondents. He's the judge. And at the end, we're all going to sit in front of him. And sometimes we can start judging and have these frictions between each other because we think you shouldn't smoke or you shouldn't go to the theater, you shouldn't date, you should date, or you can't listen to that music, but you can. And, you know, we have these things and we use that illustration of Renshaw Hill. Some of you might remember. We had this big bickerment over a foul ball in the whistle ball game. Oh, yeah, it was intense. And 30 minutes later, what we really needed to have was a judge who would instantly call what was right and what was foul fair or foul and we didn't though so we bickered and the main lesson was Jesus is judge if we let him judge we're gonna be okay so the guys stopped looking and inspecting each other like uh, they listen to that maybe between them and the Lord they can and you for instance it might weaken your mind or your conscience to hear certain songs and I mean, you know, we're all different. Jesus is our master, doctor, and our judge. We need to listen to him and let him prescribe and order what we should do. So that's the review. So with that said, we have liberty. Don't judge each other. Now, Romans 13, or 14, verse 13, says something entirely different. Your liberty needs to have liability. You need to be responsible for your liberty. You need to be in full control over your liberty. Don't just use it and harm people and stumble other believers. Be in full control how? Well, number one, control your liberty with love. How do you control it with love? Well, verse 13. 
Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. So rather than judging each other, Paul says, judge yourself. Let Jesus judge them and judge yourself. Is your liberty causing another brother or sister to stumble? Are you laying a roadblock or a hindrance for them? Are you digging foxholes and trenches and hoping they stumble into them? Well, I hope not, hopefully, or I hope that you aren't hoping that. But judge yourself. What is your liberty doing to each other? Is it benefiting each other? Verse 14, Paul confesses, I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. But it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. Wow. Nothing is unclean in itself. It's unclean if a person thinks it's unclean. What Paul is basically saying as Christian, if the Bible's not black and white, it's gray, you have that liberty, is it clean or unclean? And Paul says, in and of itself, there's nothing that is unclean. It's only unclean if God has put it upon your heart to stay away from that. For example, and let's go down the music avenue. Music in and of its essential self is simply notes on a scale. Seven notes all arranged beautifully, harmonically, rhythmically, beautifully. Alright, oh, that Isaac. It's just gorgeous. And in and of itself, is that unclean? Music is simply sound. However, you can throw in some elements that begin to make it unclean. And our standards, even some of the black and white parts of the Bible say, alright, well, when you start to uh, <laughs> sing about X-rated bedroom stuff, that's probably black. This worship music is probably white. But then there's this gray area. And some Christians have a tough time with secular music. Nothing may be wrong with it, but, you know, it's just singing a lot about love, and it's just making you think all the time about, oh, girl, a guy, oh, and, you know. It's just like, well, what about this? Well, music in itself is not unclean, but when you begin to think, when it's your conscience that you're sensitive to that stuff, it becomes unclean to you, doesn't it? But Paul's basically just saying here, look, it's going to be different for different people, let your liberty be controlled by love. Verse 15. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat. And remember, in the issue in that church, eating was a big deal. Some Christians said he couldn't eat meat because it sacrificed to idols. Some said nonsense. It's just meat. We can eat it. So there's, that was their thing in the day. So if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. Ah, oh, but I'm free to choose. I think that it's okay to listen to that. I think it's okay to watch that. I think it's okay to eat that. Okay, but is it stumbling someone? Oh, that's just because they're weak. They just need to grow up. They just need to get with it. I can do what I want. Does that sound like love? You're not controlling 
your liberty and love at all. And you're not taking any responsibility for your liberty. You're just thinking about yourself and not even caring about the body of believers, brothers and sisters who depend upon each other in their walk with the Lord. Paul says, govern it with love. Control it with love. If your liberty is going to harm someone else, is it worth, is it worth your small little choice to watch someone stumble? Someone who Christ died for? Oh, I, I, I can't quit that. It, you know, I just, I, I just can't give it up, Brandon. Even though they're stumbled, I just can't give it up. Well, what if Jesus said, I can't give up my life? <laughs> I just can't do it for them. Paul says, don't, don't buy what you eat. Destroy the one for whom Christ died. He paid a great price for your liberty. And we can give up simple little habits that might stumble someone. Simple little standards or preferences. Please just control your liberty, he begs, with love. Think about others. Don't stumble each other over it. So secondly, control your liberty with love. Secondly, by the Holy Spirit. Verse 16. So, do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. Well, I can do what I want. But if you start to do what you want, stumbles people, it's now evil, right? Don't let that happen. Verse 17. Yeah, bless you. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Don't get hung up, believers, on these little petty issues like music. Is it okay for a Christian to smoke? Like, don't get caught up in these things. The kingdom of God isn't about these physical, tangible things, these arguments, these standards. It's all about righteousness, peace. You can wait. You can wait. It's all about righteousness, peace. When she, is that your dad? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I thought you were going to the bathroom with your friend. Have a good week. <laughs> Sorry for embarrassing you. I'm more embarrassed than you. Trust me. What? What? You should see your face. <laughs> Sorry. Um, he's like really okay. <laughs> what was I? The kingdom isn't about these tangible standards. It's more about our love, our righteousness, our peace. Isn't that what it is about? Isn't that what the Holy Spirit brings to you? It's that joy, that contentment. And that's what we're supposed to gather around together to do, is to worship the Lord, to love the Lord, to have this relationship. And when we start to make it all about, well, this side of the room, we're the legalists. We're holy and spiritual. We have... We give up everything. We die for Christ and everyday desires and stuff. And then this group says... Yeah, but but can't, we're somewhat normal and we divide ourselves like unspiritual, hypocritical, you know, we start pointing the finger at all these standards and like, come on, Paul says, that's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is in the heart. It's where Jesus Christ rules as king, right there in your heart. And where he rules righteousness, peace and joy flows, love flows. That's the kingdom of God, keeping Jesus in control of the heart. So let your liberty be ruled by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will let you know. Well, maybe that's a little... I mean, you might be okay with that, but maybe it's a little too far for the rest of the group. Or you might even tap me on the shoulder and say, did Jesus say that was okay for you to be liberated in that area? It seems a little risky for you. 
Holy Spirit will lead. Galatians 5.22 gives us the fruit of the Spirit. We got, well, let me go King James Version because this is the way I learned it. <laughs> Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, long-suffering, temperance. I think I got them all. I'm like nervous because everyone's watching now. But <laughs> you've got those nine fruits of the Spirit. And at the end, I never caught this until like recently in my life. At the very end of that list, it said, Against such things, that fruit of the Spirit, against such things... There is no law. How liberating is that? You know, the Christian life, the kingdom of God, is not about, well, do, do, don't, don't. It's about Jesus Christ ruling over your life, the Holy Spirit governing you, so that when He does, the fruit of the Spirit comes out, all nine of those, and there is no law against you. When the Holy Spirit is leading you and ruling through you, you are having no law against you. So let the Holy Spirit direct your liberty. And verse 18 says, Whoever serves Christ in this way is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. So, pursue peace and mutual upbuilding. Third way to control your liberty is ask yourself, does it grow the body of Christ? Is it growing me? Is it growing you? Pursue those things that make for peace and mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Here he's saying, this is an upbuild, this is the work of God. We're upbuilding each other. And for the sake of your liberty, don't destroy the work of God. How stupid would that be if here we are building, as other gospel, or epistles say, we're building this temple for God. And we're making it and we're all unified and we're building the glory of God together. And then all of a sudden someone says, well, I'm allowed to do this because I think that Jesus is going to let me do this. And we start injuring and, and stumbling each other and the whole thing starts to cave down. Don't destroy the work of God for your liberty. We, we have to work together, pace each other in a slow way. Don't just start because you're so strong in faith and you're like, whoo, I have all the liberty and you're like running ahead of the pack. Look at me, everybody. I have such faith in God. I, you know, I don't, I'm not worried about all these little petty things. And Oh, you're leaving us all behind in the dust. Work together. This is a building project, a growing project. Think of building a house. And how stupid it would be if the roofers got there first. The foundation hasn't even been laid yet, but they said, let's get to work, guys. Start, start building the roof. Come on. This is the stupidest thing ever. Uh, the Kohler's dad's an electrician. Uh, it would be very weird if they waited till the drywall was up, the furniture was in, and then they went and put the electricity in the whole house. All right, take the walls back down, and it doesn't make sense. Or all the furniture's moved in, and then a couple of the homes say, we need carpet. Should have done that first, guys. But there's this order. There's this, this necessity to work together. You get together, okay, foundation first, frame next. Electrical, then drywall, then carpet, then furniture, then people. Or people and furniture, whatever. But there's this... Pro oh, roof, too. Don't forget the roof. There's this proper order. It has to be done together. We're not running ahead, but we're thinking our liberty must be done in such a way that we are letting each other grow, not hindering each other from growing. So, verse 21. It is good not to eat meat. It is not... Wait, it, sorry. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. Just That's the summary right there. So work together. Make sure you grow together. 
I want to read you guys 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. It kind of goes with this. Paul says, 1 Corinthians 10, 23, All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. Isn't that true? In Christ, you guys, you do have liberty. I can listen to certain music, but is it is all music helpful? If you think it is. I mean, okay. You know, we, it might be lawful to listen to Justin Bieber or something. <laughs> guys, if you are, we need a counsel, okay? <laughs> Some of you are sweating right now. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Um, here I am imposing law on you guys. <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, okay, do we have liberty? Yes. Is that helpful? It may not be damaging, it might, but is it helpful? <laughs> Definitely not. It, it might be fun or something. I don't even think it's fun, but <laughs> just use your own thing there. <laughs> all things are lawful, not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. And that is true, too. When you guys get older and have drinking age, you might think, okay, I would like to enjoy a glass of wine with my dinner. But what if you're with someone that's a recovering alcoholic and you want to have wine with your dinner? Well, it's lawful, yay. Yeah. But is it going to build him up? It's going to do the complete opposite. So these are the things. you got to think of growth for the body when you exercise your liberty. So, how do we exercise the liberty? One, with love. Two, through the Holy Spirit. Three, with growth. And lastly, in our last two verses, with faith. Verse 22. The faith that you have Keep between yourself and God. <laughs> Wait, did I really just read that? <laughs> Faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. In other words, don't share with other people, shut up about it. That's not what we're told usually. Well, this is a different context here. Now, you should share your faith with people. You should share what God's doing in your life with other people. That's biblical. It's all over the Bible. Talking about the Lord. That's not what this is saying here. It's saying, keep your faith between yourself and God, meaning your liberty. Paul's been expressing our liberty as an issue of faith. So keep your liberties between you and God. In other words, don't make it a law. Don't start imposing on Jonathan that all spiritual Christians need to have long hair. But, no, guys, seriously, churches divide over stupid things like where the piano is located on the stage. It, you know, ridiculous stuff. Don't let me keep going here. Keep, you know, if you have these personal convictions that are not black and white, Paul says, keep it between you and God. Why do we need to impose it on each other? You're not each other's master, doctor, judge, last week's message. You're going to let Jesus do that for them. So keep it between yourself and God. Verse 21, 22 continues. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But, so, if you're convinced in your liberties, you're blessed. You're not going to go do something and sit there with a guilty conscience like, Oh my gosh, I'm not really sure if I should be doing this. Oh my gosh, what a terrible lifestyle. But if you're convinced, Dr. Jesus prescribed it. Master Jesus told you to do it. Judge Jesus will justify you in it. Blessed are you. Have fun. You know, Charles Spurgeon felt liberated to smoke a cigar. Was he right? Sure. Jesus told him that was okay. He can smoke. Jesus would probably not be cool with me smoking a cigar just because I just don't want to go into that filth. 
But am I going to say because Stephen wants to smoke someday? He doesn't. He doesn't. I just made that. That he's an unspiritual guy? Absolutely not. Just, you know, being redundant, repetitive here. So, verse 23. But, whoever has doubts about your liberties, whoever doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. And so we ask ourselves sometimes, don't we, am I allowed to do this? Should I be doing this? Do you ever catch yourself in a situation like, well, I have liberty to, but I'm not really sure if I should. If it does not proceed from faith, it is sin. Do you have faith in your choices? Are you absolutely settled and convinced that Dr. Jesus prescribed it, Master Jesus told you to do it, Judge Jesus will justify you in it? Are you convinced in that? Paul says, if not, if there's doubt, throw it out. If there's doubt, throw it out. I remember being in Hawaii um, a couple years ago. I'm so old now, as I think about it. It was probably seven years ago. Anyways, my senior year. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, I used to be one of you guys. It's so weird. Um, there was a sign, and I don't forget this, but it basically said, with a wave on it, like, you know, dramatic England pictures where people, like, breaking their necks when it says the floor slippery. You guys seen those English pictures? Yeah. It's like this dramatic wave. I don't even remember if it's like the size of the picture in this way. Like a wave with a mouth trying to eat this poor guy, like trying to swim away. Um, he's got X's on his eyes, you know. <laughs> it's coming from... And at the bottom it says, when in doubt, don't go out. And I like that. I'm like, yeah, that's good. And every time I see any wave, I'm in doubt. So I don't to go out. I don't like the ocean. I'm scared of it. Um, confession. Now, but that's the same thing here, man. If you have a liberty and you're just... Mm, Control it with faith. If there's doubt, just throw it out. Why do you need it? Is it lawful? Yeah. Is it helpful? Mm. Is it going to build you up? Uh, just throw it out. Why do you need it? There's a... Sorry, I forgot the line. There's this thing I stumbled upon. It's so cool about when in doubt, throw it out. Because sometimes we're like, oh, it's not a big, I'll just go with it. Are you sure? Guys, consider how the human mind works. Listen to this. The human mind is a fabulous computer. As a matter of fact, no one has ever been able to design a computer as intricate as the mind or as efficient as the human mind. Consider this. Your brain is capable of recording 800 memories per second for 75 years without ever getting tired. 800 memories per second. Now, I have heard some persons complain that their brain is too tired to get involved in a program of scripture memorization. I have news for them. The body can get tired, but the brain never does. A human being doesn't use more than 2% of his brain power, scientists tell us. Never use more than 2% of your brain power. Wow, I feel like sometimes I stress myself out. Uh, of course, some demonstrate this fact more obviously than others. I'm not going to mention names. <laughs> what? 
Some of us only use one percent, but some of us use two. It's like milk, you know. You're the two percent, one percent club. It's like was that Napoleon Dynamite? I didn't go there. Um, the point is, the brain is capable of an incredible amount of work, and it retains everything it takes in. You never really forget anything. You just don't recall it. Everything is on permanent file in your brain. Wow. When you think about that, that's a, that makes me a little more cautious about exercising my liberty. That I'm recording 800 memories per second. I just may not recall it, but it's there in my brain. Everything is going on permanent file in this cranium up here. And I think about, you know, the way sometimes we exercise our liberty. What is this filing cabinet filled with? Things that you may not even remember are there, but it's there because you exposed yourself, you were there, you heard it, you, you developed this memory, and your brain is just always working. And that just kind of scares me that there's a permanent file up there. And that, then when I hear, if you don't have faith in it, don't do it. It's sin. And it makes sense. If in doubt, just throw it out. It's the best way to control your liberties. So make sure you're going to exercise it with love. You're going to exercise it through the Holy Spirit. You're going to exercise it in a way that grows us, and you're going to exercise it in faith. Completely convinced that, you know what, this is what God would want me to do. When in doubt, just throw it out. I want to close with a poem. Yes, I have a soft side. <laughs> Liberty says it's okay. But what does love say? Who might this stumble? Who might it offend? Lord, may I be humble and think of them. So may we be mindful in our liberties. Doubt, throw it out. Love, Holy Spirit, growth, and faith. Lord, we pray that you would, within this group, help us to exercise these gray areas of our life. Some of us have strong, some of us have weaker standards. God, I pray that you bring a harmony in our midst, that we wouldn't become judges of these petty things. Father, that in the essentials there would be unity. In the things that are non-essential, there would be liberty. And in everything else, there would be charity. May we love, may we not judge, but judge ourselves. May we be willing to lay down certain liberties for the protection of our fellow believers. And God, there are things that maybe we've been wrestling with for some time that we have doubt over. Help us just to throw it out. All things are lawful, but only some things are actually beneficial. And that's what we want to drink from. We want to drink from the cup of benefit and growth. So quench us, we pray, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen.